Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. It is time once again for another episode of Life Uncloseted. I'm so happy to have you here. And if you're struggling to get your life in that space where you're like, I just want to be who I am, or you're constantly letting those fears and excuses get in the way, make sure you hop on over to rickclemens.com or go to lifeuncloseted.com. Either one, you're going to find a cool, simple little opt-in thing that you can do to like download a quiz, like how do I get my life to that space where I'm living at Life Uncloseted? Because we all want to be happy. We all want to be doing our own thing. And speaking of doing our own thing and getting happy, sometimes we in the LGBTQ community, so yes, this one's going to dip some toes in the LGBTQ space, but we're going to also dip some toes in the entrepreneurship space. Sometimes we don't realize how much our coming out process actually informs the direction where we're going in our life. And even if we got grandiose ideas of where we're going, I'm going to invite all of you to realize, even if you're not LGBTQ, to realize that coming out is one of the most amazing experiences, even though it's challenging, but it can really guide you to learn to come out of many, many other obstacles in your life. And as I was introduced to today's guests, I started looking deep and I wasn't sure there was a fit. And then once his PR person kind of sent me some more stuff, I'm like, absolutely, this is a great fit for the show because not only has he come out of the closet in his own personal life, but he's come out and he's built a really amazing entrepreneurial path for himself. He's an author. He's done many, many things that really help people step into this space of what their life purpose is and how to find yourself in your own world. So I'll probably screw up his name. Hopefully not. But um, his name is Mike I am Ellie, and if you see it spelled, you're going to go, it looks like it's Lamel to me. It's not. It Make sure you look at it. It's an I, and um, I love what he's doing in the world. I'm so excited to have this conversation with him. Even though we've just really just met, I think we're going to have an amazing conversation of how do you bring that sacred branding of who you are in the world to life. So, okay, Mike, it's all yours. I shut the fuck up now. You take over. You just talk about yourself for the next 30 minutes and um, <laughs> we're off to the races. So I love it. Thank you. And great pronunciation. That good Italian last name. There you go. There um, you, go. you know, uh, to introduce myself, it's one of those weird things because I think whenever we are introducing ourselves, I always think like, oh, do you do like a title? Do I tell my backstory? And so I'm going to tell you this right now. I am aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable. Mm. And I say that, and we're going to make a little more sense in a moment, but I say that because for early on in my life, I was really attached to titles and identities mm. and parts of myself that I thought, well, you know, at 22 years old, I started a very successful PR firm. I worked with celebrities and, you know, tech billionaires and all these people. I did a presidential campaign and that was like my title. That was my life. And at the time, I also had only dated women. I'd only consciously been interested in women. That was how I saw myself, and that was my identity. And one day, a few years later, in my mid-20s, I woke up and I was vomiting blood. Mm. And that didn't stop for months. 
And that's really scary, as you can imagine. I mean, I thought something's wrong with me. I was in and out of the emergency room. I went from doctor to doctor and I started, you know, trying anything. I tried changing my diet. I tried alternative therapies. Nothing was really working. Um, I was vomiting blood every day. I actually had an accident at work. I couldn't control my bowels and I Mm. was just kind of withering away. And at this point in my life, um, I had two roommates at the time. One was a, uh, my sister, my older sister's friend. She had just moved to the city. And so um, I let her move in with me. And another one was a guy I knew from college that I was friendly with, but you know, we were not the best of friends. We were mm-hmm. just decent friends. And at the time, the, my older sister's friend, she uh, had a boyfriend. So she spent half the week without him. And so just by default, my college friend had to take care of me. I couldn't drive mm-hmm. myself to appointments. I couldn't cook for myself. In many cases, I couldn't get off the couch. And somewhere in this process, somewhere in these two months of me, you know, vomiting blood daily, I felt something different for him. And it didn't necessarily feel sexual. It didn't even feel romantic. It just felt different. Mm -hmm. And I think had this been any other point in my life, I might've just brushed this off. But I thought I could die tomorrow. And so there I was thinking, well, Like, what do I have to lose at this point? And so I said to him, you know, I don't know how to describe this. I don't know what this is, but I um, feel something. And that started about two months of conversations that led to about two years of exploring physical intimacy. And if this is something that we wanted. Mm -hmm. And so during those two years, you know, we still uh, dated women. We explored a relationship together. And after those two years, we, because at first I didn't know, am I just like, desperate. I think I'm going to die. Right. Is this real? Like, is this, you know, <laughs> what is going on here? And so in that time, you know, I got better. Um, I knew I had to leave my job because clearly there's something stressing me out here. Like I had to leave. I had to do something else. And so at the time I went to nutrition school and I went to herbalism school and I thought, you know what, I'm going to be like the health coach and herbalist to all the tech entrepreneurs of Boston. Cause I know mm-hmm. them, these people need to be healthy. Clearly I was being too stressed out. And while that was also happening, I, um, you know, we told our family, we moved in just the two of us and we decided this was a real thing. And so I started this new business. I left my job. I gave a year's notice. I never recommend doing that, first of all, but, you know, I was an owner. So I figured, well, what the heck? I have to you know, do it right. And once I left that job, I was a health coach for a while. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, I wasn't making a lot of money, but more than that, I didn't like it. It wasn't yeah. fun for me. And I thought, well, this is a mess. And like, I don't understand how these pieces of me fit together. And so I started writing a blog about my experiences. And really it was just to kind of find my voice and figure out like, how does this relationship and this PR and this health coaching and the sickness, how does it fit? Mm -hmm. And the blog got decently popular. And about three months into blogging, a publisher reached out with a book deal and said, Mm -hmm. can I offer you a book? And I said, Sure, I guess so. Like I, nice. I you know, I, at this point, you're gonna pay me in advance. Why not? So I wrote this book, and I went on a little book tour. Um, but as part of this book, I uh, wrote about my relationship, of course. And I thought, well, I have to tell people about this, like really the world about this. You know, people who follow me. Right. So I should write about it in my blog. And so after I finished the manuscript, I wrote in my blog, you know, that Garrett and I were together and the story. And at the time, I had been writing a lot for a national publication, um, Mind, Body, Green. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to adapt this to for them. And I said, sure, it's basically the exact same post. I'm going to write for you. And the next morning I woke up and 100,000 people had shared it. 
Wow. And this was very overwhelming, as you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there were, I got literally thousands of emails in days. Like I got, um, there were millions of people talking about my sex life, um, asking me very invasive questions about my life. Uh, it was really, you know, even today, this was now seven years later, I still get emails weekly about that article. Um, it, actually, the publication took it, took it down, but it's still elsewhere. So people find mm. it. And, um, you know, this many years later, and it's something that I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so overwhelming. And still, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't really have a business model at this point. So it was really surreal to be, you know, NPR calling me to interview me and yet not really feeling like I know what I'm doing and I'm a total mess. And so I went back to the drawing board and I said, okay, like the book didn't feel like my thing and the herbalism didn't feel like my thing. And I've listened to literally every life purpose training out there. Like you name it. I have been on every book, every, you know, training, every webinar, whatever. And I said, all right, what are my passions? What are my interests? What does the world need from me? What's that middle point? This is what all yeah. the books tell me. Oh my God, it's so obvious. I'm meant to create a blogging course. And this mm. blogging course is going to be deep. It's going to be about, you know, getting a book deal, sure. But it's going to be about owning your story and finding your voice and being spiritual and all this stuff. And I had, you know, at this point, very little money left. Like I had gone right. a year just, you know, trying to figure out my stuff. And so I you know, had to go pro though. Cause I knew like every dollar I had left, I don't care if I have nothing in the bank. I know this is my purpose. I know this is what it's for. Right. So I got the fancy lighting kit and the microphone and the you know, editing software and the business partners and web designer and you name it. I put, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars into this thing. And I put it out into the world. Sure. Just convinced this was my thing. And I think five people bought it. <laughs> it was a colossal failure. I, mm-hmm. I had no money left. I said, I am a complete failure at life now. And I'm going to go back to my own company and beg my partners to take me back. I don't know if I have a job at my own company. And I was so devastated and embarrassed. And now I have this big like media presence. There are all these people kind of watching me from this article. And I was so humiliated. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I am done. Like I am so beyond devastated. I am done. And so I went into a Facebook group I was a part of. And I said, I just want to host a failure celebration. Like, I just want to celebrate the fact that I worked on myself. I put myself out there. I did some good stuff. I might never know my purpose, but let me offer you the one thing I'm good at, which is PR and branding. Let me just, you know, I've worked with celebrities. I've worked with all types of people. I'll just offer it for free just to build up my own self-esteem again. Right. And so I put it out there to these people. And I'm used to working with, you know, a lot of high profile people, whether they're politicians or, you know, CEOs or whatever. But a lot of these people were artists and entrepreneurs and healers and life coaches and psychics and like really cool people. So I offered them six sessions. I spent my whole day doing it. And every single one of them at the end of their session said, you didn't just tell me my brand. You explained to me my life purpose in a way that's never made sense before. It answers every one of my questions. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? Like that does not make sense. That can't be true. Like, I don't know what you're talking about here. I'm just doing something that, you know, helps CEOs answer questions in interviews. I'm not doing. And so what did I have to lose at this point? So I did this on myself. I said, what the heck? I'll just do this on myself. And I spent two hours doing what I did on them, on me. And I came up with six words. And those words were aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable. And then I got an email that night. And it was from one of these people. And she said to me, my friend wants to buy this thing. Um, what do you call it? 
So I don't know what I call this thing. It's branding. Like, I guess you're telling me it's life purpose branding. So it's sacred. I'll call it sacred branding. Threw that name on there. No idea about it. Offered it to this one woman. She told a friend who told a friend, I think in two weeks I had 30 clients. And here we are seven years later. I did not make that phone call to ask my, beg my partners the next day. And since that moment, so much of my life has come into clarity, including, you know, why blogging felt good, but not the book deal. Mm. Why herbalism was fun here, but not here. Why I was so successful in PR, but not fulfilled. And more importantly, why my relationship worked? What is my mm-hmm. relationship? And today we are married. So we've been together, I think nine or 10 years now. We've been married for three years. Um, we're very, very happy. And it, uh, yeah, it was just a really interesting process. But one thing I'll say about that process is, having to start our relationship how we did um, really one made me open to a lot of things and question a lot of things and not afraid of the kind of rigid labels I had for myself. But two, when you have to be that vulnerable, it's such an amazing foundation for a relationship because we have to talk about everything now. And now I know one of my sensitivities, one of the hallmarks of success, and this is what we're going to see about those six words I said, every moment of my life that has been successful those words are levers I pull without even trying. They're things I didn't realize. And so what I was really doing in this kind of sacred branding that I didn't know I was doing is helping people to map their whole experience and kind of noticing when, what are the levers they pull without meaning to every time they're successful and fulfilled? Mm -hmm. And how can we take, let's say you hanging out with a best friend where hours are flying by and genius is spilling out of you. How do we take that moment and replicate it over and over Over again? Because what you're doing there is something is the thing that no one else in the world can do. It's what magnetizes people mm-hmm. to you. And this is something that's so interesting because I, I I ask these same questions of clients. It's like, well, when when was a time that you just like well, I always use the example of like you were driving down the road and suddenly you're like, how did I how the fuck did I get here? I know how to get here, but I didn't even have to think about it because I want to get them primed into that thought process, right? Yeah. But what's interesting, and there's so much of our two stories of the line, it's so funny as I was listening to you, but it's interesting when I ask a client to think about, you know, their coming out journey, okay? Most of my clients are guys in midlife coming out of the closet, Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I just don't know how to have this conversation with my spouse. Well, when was the last time you and your spouse had a really big conversation about buying a house, about moving, Mm -hmm. about careers, about, they're like, well, but that's different. I'm like, Not really, because you use some tools to have those conversations. Yes, coming out is a big conversation. I'm not going to bullshit anybody about that, right? But what I'm trying to get them do is similar to what you said with the six words. It's like trying to get them into that frame of mind where they've had success and what drives that success. We don't have to suddenly reinvent the wheel. And I think too often, whether you're coming out, whether you're starting a business where you're having these epiphany moments like you, I mean, I, I've been there. It's like, okay, I'm investing in yet this course and that course and doing this and doing that. And I'm like, fuck, I'm still not there, you know? And for me, and it's only been in the last few years. I mean, I've been coaching since 2009 and I've wandered all over the outback trying to figure out, oh, but I want to do this and I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I want to do this, right? Mm-hmm. In the last three years, I've come back center. I know that coaching is my jam. 
it always has been, but I really had to like, okay, coaching's my jam, working with gay men, working with guys coming out. Yes, I do some entrepreneurial stuff and that sort of stuff too, but it all focuses around how you come out, whether you're coming out to leave a job and go do something else or whatever. But when I finally embraced that, that's when I started repeating the process. Every time I embrace and lean in, my podcast thrive, my book, which second book is sitting here, gonna it's going to thrive. I just like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm really busy right now. Mm-hmm. These are the things. And I love that you went there, Mike, because I think we try to reinvent something that doesn't have to be reinvented when the sources are always already right there for us. Right. Well, one thing I love to say is you never have to try to be yourself. Right. If you're trying, it means you're being somebody else. Yep. And I think, I'm not saying that life isn't hard and we don't have challenges, but some aspect of those challenges feels like growing into ourselves. It feels yep. like becoming more authentic. And I think that feeling of like every time, you know, we all have this, right? We have that coffee with a best friend where things just flow. Yep. And then we have the other conversations that are very awkward and technical. And did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? And I always say, if we're feeling like technical, we have no idea what the essence is. We're not actually mm-hmm. tapped into ourselves because that technical happens naturally. Do I say the right tone of voice? Do I use the right words? Do I, we do all of that naturally when we're in the zone. And so for me, it's kind of like throwing darts to the dartboard in the dark, right? Yep. Like we're in complete dark. We're trying to hit that bullseye. And most of us live our lives that way where we're trying to hit that bullseye. And once in a while, yeah, there's a miracle. And we hit mm-hmm. that bullseye. But even if we do, we have no idea what we did or how to repeat it. Yep. And so what we're essentially doing is just looking at every time in your life you hit the bullseye and flipping on the light switch and saying, what were you doing? And that's the thing that comes naturally to you, the thing you most want to feel. And, you know, I love that you really broadened this definition of coming out because, you know, for me, yeah, coming out about my relationship was really scary, but so was coming out about being spiritual. So was, you know, leaving my job and coming out as, you know, working with all these people and not just, you know, politicians and executives. Right. So like, there's so many aspects and it's something that I am doing my whole life again and again in different ways in every moment. I mean, even introducing myself on a podcast out of context, it's not like, Hey, this is my friend, Mike. Like I just have to put myself out there. So there's a kind of coming out there. Like, how do you start? What did I choose to say? And I intentionally said those six words because I'm not a title. I'm not a label. I'm not just my relationship those words are the pieces that make my whole narrative make sense. Yep. And the interesting piece of all of this, and I'm so glad you brought up, like if you're trying to do the technical and it's not flowing, it actually, so prior to us even starting to record this, one of the things that I say to all my guests is we're just going to go. There's no agenda. There's no check boxes. If I was doing that and I invite anybody who really wants to hear me when I was doing it that way, go listen to the first three episodes of this fucking podcast and you'll go, who the fuck is this guy? I'm never going to listen to him. Thank God people (laughs) have blown past that. If I do that, I can't do the podcast. I have to just like, okay, I'm going to look at Mike's bio. I kind of know what he's about. I just want to dive in. I want to like, I want to get to know you in the moment. I don't want to have this whole preamble to where we're Mm -hmm. going. Yes. I know you have the sacred branding system. Yes. I know you have a book that's enough already create status on your, I know all of this, Yeah. but I don't want to just be in that moment. I want to be in like, okay, but what got, what is the thing that's driving you? You know, what really made you finally go, okay, I'm not going to pick up the phone and call my old partners because this thing stepped in and how scary and, and yet freeing was that moment. That's the stuff I want to be talking about. 
You know, and I want. I also want to know. You know, you say in your bio you have adorable dogs, but you didn't say your oh, husband I, I was do. adorable. So well, I'm like, well, I'm kind of a little question. bit more adorable. Okay, I'm just no, kind of questioning. Truth, <laughs> in actual truth, um, my husband, he Garrett's the type of person like everybody falls in love with. So literally every. So he's actually a frontline worker in healthcare, and everybody is in love with him anyway. That's awesome. So he's at his clinic today. But um, yeah, uh, you know, my dogs, although as cute as Garrett is, my dogs are Italian Greyhound Chihuahua mixes. They're incredibly adorable That's little awesome. ones. Um, but, you know, you, you bring up so many things for me. So uh, one thing that, you know, you talked about was, uh, you know, what was it like? How scary was it? And I want to kind of reassure anyone listening. Everything sounds glamorous in retrospect. Yep. And I'm condensing years into, you know, a short story here. So these moments were absolute freakouts. I mean, I remember the moment that I literally shit my pants at work. I had an accident at work. And I was shaking. I didn't know how I was going to get out of that or if I was strong enough to. And I just said to myself, I looked in the mirror, I said, Mike, like, you've just got to survive this. You've just got to take action because like, yep. it happened. You can keep pretending it didn't happen, but it happened. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you can take action on it. And I mean, I, people ask me all the time, like, oh, did you do anything to prepare for when your article went viral? I don't think I would have written it if had I known that it was going to go viral. So it's not the type of thing that I'm like, oh yeah, like I hope millions of people are talking about my sex life. I thought this was something I wanted to do to tell people in my life and to be an inspiring story for a few people who might resonate. And, you know, so all these things, I had, you know, breakdowns, I had so many disasters, but someone recently asked me, you know, when was the moment that I knew I fell in love with Garrett? And it's an interesting moment because I think it ties in here. I, um, you know, this was probably a year, maybe two years into our relationship. And I was at a party in the, a section of Boston that's notoriously bad for parking. And at the time Garrett was on residency. And so he was working until midnight and I was at this party and it was a Christmas party. So there was a snowstorm. Mm. And I was at this party, you know, hanging out. And I looked over about 1230 at night and Garrett was sitting in the corner in his scrubs after work. And I thought, like, how strange. So I went over to him and I said, hey, Garrett, you know, what, what are you doing here? He said, you know, I drove you know, across the city and I found parking in the snowstorm in this neighborhood because I just wanted to sit and watch you tell stories. And I could mm. sit and watch you tell stories all night. And I knew if you took public transportation home, I might be asleep and then I wouldn't get to see you tonight. And so mm. I had to drive here and park here so that I could, you know, just sit and watch you. Wow. And it was a moment that I just thought, oh shit, this is a man I have to marry mm -hmm. because I don't think I ever felt that seen. And, you know, for me, vulnerability is like, we heard that word for me. If you ever want to open my heart, just be vulnerable with me. Anybody who's vulnerable with me will right, open right. my heart immediately. And it was a moment that I just felt like, wow, I'm seen. And this person is not afraid of being vulnerable to me right now. So when in this whole journey, you know, you started exploring yeah. the sexuality piece and everything, but for you, now that you can hindsight, because we all do this. I mean, I've of been course. down this path many, many, many times. But of course, when do you feel like that vulnerability of accepting yourself as a gay man really showed up? Because I feel like, and, and I'm not saying 100%, but I feel like it's, it's always in there inside us. But then suddenly there's that moment that you're like, okay, yes, this is me. Did you have kind of that moment like, okay, yes, this is me? Yeah, you know, it's so hard to say about this because well, I Well, no, I want like... the date. I want the time, the <laughs> seconds that it all happened, man. 
Sure, sure, sure. You know, I think it's something that happens for me in waves or in moments or in Mm -hmm. kind of recognizing, um, you know, I don't know that, like, it's hard. People ask me all the time, would you go back to, um, you know, being with women? And I hope not, because I hope I'm with Garrett for the rest of my life. Um, But I still feel, you know, attracted to women. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means or looks like but for me it was it was kind of a um opening myself up to explore parts of myself i didn't know and so one thing that we really did actually was watch pornography and Mm -hmm. look at like are we interested in this can we like this can we because that felt like a safe step that wasn't physicalizing something Mm -hmm. that was kind of exploring desire exploring you know sexuality in a really safe way i remember first kissing Garrett the first time and not liking feeling facial hair. I had never felt Mm -hmm. a man's facial hair when kissing him. And that felt really uncomfortable at first for a while. Mm -hmm. And so it took this kind of moment of me to open up and explore, like, I know I love him. I know I feel this intense emotional connection. How can I allow myself to continue unpacking and opening up to uh, have a full intimate experience? Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to hear you say that because so I came out at 19 and anybody who's listened to the show kind of knows some of this that I'm going to share, but I went back in the closet <clears throat> and then it wasn't until I met the Brit, which is what we affectionately call him, the Brit in London <laughs> that I knew. I mean, at the time I thought it was him. I thought he was my Prince Charming, yeah. but that I knew this was the path. I'd always known because I'd been unfortunately screwing around being unfaithful and everything to my wife. I knew I was very much attracted to men, but this was the moment that I knew my path was now laid out in front of me. And even as I stepped into that, and I, I I mean, I can, I can almost tell you exactly the thing that's so curious is all this happened. And I wish I could pinpoint the day in London because I've always been asked that question. Well, when was it? I know it was October, November. I was on a business trip in London when it happened. Yeah. I know the year. I can't pinpoint the date. I absolutely, I know this, that it was, it had to be a week or two right before my wife's birthday, which makes me even more of a shit, but life happens, right? It was such a definitive moment that kind of like you, I knew this was it. I didn't know where I was headed with it other than this was it. Like you, I get that question all the time. So you never go back to a woman. I've never said that. It's not my proclivity, but I don't dislike women. I'm not like no vagina, you know, and none of that. But I'm not ever going to, I learned, if I've learned nothing, and this is where I want to get into like the business stuff that we both do. If I've learned nothing from my coming out journey, it is never ever to put myself in a box and to live by other people's expectations. And that includes how I run my business. I've been mentored by some greats. I've done, spent more money than I probably should have. Many, (laughs) many things that didn't really do anything because I thought, oh, that's the magic potion. And okay, I'm going to follow their plan. And then there was stuff that would show up that was really yucky about it, you know? And I think this is, if we lean into this, any of you who have come out or maybe considering coming out, I think this is where Mike and I can like really validate this lean into the coming out experience, not only for your sexuality, but for everything in life, because it will teach you so much about how to live on your terms to make decisions based out of truth rather than 
well, maybe I should do it this way because somebody says to do it this way. Right. And I think just a little bit, I've gotten to know you and read your bio and checked out your books and stuff. I feel that kind of like the emanating thing too, to your journey is like lean into this yeah. because that's that sacred essence of what you talk about so much. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of my energies, one of those words of sensitivities is unmistakable. Right. And for me, you know, being unmistakable myself, but also helping people to recognize their unmistakable quality, the mm -hmm. thing that nobody can copy, nobody can mistake. Like I want, when you write something, no one needs to see the byline. You wrote it. When you speak, when you dress, like there's a way of being that each of us has in the world. That's our own unique way of being. And that's, you know, I actually teach a class, discover your brand in bed. And we yeah. talk about using this work with sexuality and in the bedroom, nobody can have sex like you can. And I'll tell you that when it comes to, you know, one thing that comes up a lot in my work is, um, you know, um, maybe uh, insecurity around sexuality or body dysmorphia come up quite a bit. And so I'll tell you a story. I, at one point, didn't feel empowered about my body. I didn't mm -hmm. feel really good about my body. And so I thought, well, Mike, you do this work. What would make you feel aligned and zany and free and vulnerable with your body? Well, duh, dancing naked in front of the mirror. And so every day for a year, every single day, did not miss a day, I danced naked in front of the mirror. You know, as the water was heating up for two minutes, I, you know, zanily and freely, even when I didn't feel attractive, I vulnerably looked at myself and I danced. And at the end of that year, I booked my first boudoir session. At the time, I didn't even think these things were related, but I booked this session and then I thought, okay, this feels very vulnerable, but this is just for me and maybe my husband. Nobody's going to see these pictures. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I got those pictures back. My mom saw them. I was posting them. I didn't give a shit who saw these <laughs> pictures because I felt so confident. And I can say with certainty now, there's not a room I walk into where I don't feel confident and sexy because nobody can look like I can. Nobody mm -hmm. can. And there's something that changes when I realize who I am and more importantly, who I'm not. And I no yes. longer have to try to be that thing that I'm not. Other people get to be that and that's fantastic. But nobody else can get what I am. Nobody can have sex like me. If ever we get divorced and Garrett, you know, finds another partner, I hope that partner is lovely and amazing, but they will never have sex the way mm -hmm. I can. They can't. And I have no insecurities about that. No one can interview like me. Of course right. not. I have an essence of who I am. It's not going to be for everybody, but I want people to be empowered to make that decision because otherwise I'm not really giving them a fair shake. I'm not letting them make a decision about me. I want them to know if you love me, you're gonna love me all the way, not just conditionally. Mm -hmm. You're gonna know exactly who I am. And if you don't, great, we're not a fit and that's fine, but I'm inherently lovable and good enough and worthy. And I'm not gonna change myself to try to appease other people. Well, and the interesting th piece that you just brought up, I mean, there was several things, but the thing that just jumped out at me is this confidence piece because I, okay, let's just be candid and honest. Gay men have the hardest time sometimes being confident in themselves. Mm -hmm. I totally get it because we, you know, okay, it's not just gay men, LGBTQ people. And I realize the whole rest of the world also struggles, but we're going to, this is my show. So we're going to focus on gay men. Okay. <laughs> this becomes a piece of, if you're not confident, you're doing yourself a disservice because you have to do this for yourself. That doesn't mean egomaniac in any of this, but I get asked over and over and over, how can I be more confident? And I say, you have to be yourself because only you can do you. And I, you know, I'll be doing a zoom call with a client and I, I, I will, sometimes I will see the eye roll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> other times I will see the like really quiet. And other times I'll get the, that makes no sense. That, that, how's that going to help me? I said, 
is what you just said, you being you. Well, yes. Okay. I want to see more of that because if you can stand up to me, but you're not standing up to everybody else in your world, that's your fucking problem. That's where your confidence is getting butchered. And it's so powerful when you can latch into this, because as you said, Mike, don't do yourself the disservice. If you're not being who you are, you're not only doing other people disservice because now they're having this pretend relationship with somebody who really isn't who they are, Mm -hmm. but you're doing yourself the disservice too, because you haven't figured that out. I have a new client who said to me, he just started in the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure I know who I am without, and then he listed out all the things, past partner, da, 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 right? And I think this is that interesting essence where you do this work. And I love the six word exercise where when you dial in to that branding and some people are going to hear this and go sacred branding system. Oh, I'm not into marketing all this. Oh yes, you are. <laughs> you don't realize everything we do is marketing ourselves, getting the day, getting the job, getting the boyfriend, getting healthy. It's all about us marketing and branding ourselves. And I love this piece. So I'm curious in the sacred branding system and this six word exercise thing, do you get people who really like, they just struggle with that? So of course, I mean, everybody thinks they're all over the place. Everybody Mm -hmm. thinks they have these really disparate, disconnected um, experiences of life and that nothing actually makes sense about their life. And it's not that complicated. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if we have time right now, but I'm happy yeah, yeah. to do like a five minute demo with you. Yeah, yeah, let's really, do it. I want to, because I just want people to hear this because they're going to think this is so huge. And okay, it is in a, it is in a big way, but you've got to, if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and step into this sort of stuff, I don't think you have any idea how it can change things. Yeah, it, and it's incredibly simple. Like, Basically, so the actual sacred branding system, if I'm working with a client, takes me two and a half hours. And if you went through our e-course, I think it takes about four or five hours. So that's a lengthy process, but you can get clarity so easily right now. Like what we're going to do in five minutes, will everybody will be able to listen and be like, oh my gosh, I can do that easily. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you, Rick, to be my guinea pig. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. So I'd love for you to close your eyes Mm -hmm. and I want you to think of three jobs you've had in your life. Now, these can be way back from high school. This can be a recent job. This can include parts of jobs like pod, pod, sorry, podcasting versus coaching. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I want you to think of one of these jobs right now and tell me three things you made people feel in that job. Did you make them feel connected or happy or empowered or safe? Like one of those jobs and three things you made people feel. Um, vulnerable, mm-hmm. alive, and possibilities vulnerable alive and possibilities beautiful and just for my own clarity do you mind and you don't have to if you don't want to but tell me which job it was it's what i do right now what you do right now awesome beautiful okay so give me another job and three things that you made people feel in that job um trusted worry-free and enjoyment. Beautiful. All right. One more job in your life and three things you made people feel. Um, fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an interesting one. Fun. Curious. Mm-hmm. 
and risk. Risk. Beautiful. Okay. Now I want you to take a moment and close your eyes again. And I want you to think of one of the most challenging or frustrating moments of your life that does not feel very traumatizing to think about. So a moment that just feels, you know, it's a really tough moment, but you're not necessarily going into trauma thinking about it. And you don't have to tell me what it is, but I want you to tell me three things you felt in that moment. Uh, uncoordinated. Mm -hmm. Too fat. Mm -hmm. uh, too tall. Mm -hmm. And if you had a magic wand and if you could have changed the situation and changed how you felt in the moment, what would you have rather have felt than uncoordinated, too fat and too tall? Um, light, sexy, entertaining. Mm, beautiful. All right, one more question that I promise you can start analyzing this. Um, I want you to close your eyes and think of one of the happiest, most successful moments in your life, a moment that just felt really, really good to you. And you can tell me what it is if you want, and then three things you felt in that moment. Uh, purposeful, energetic, and hope. Mm, beautiful. And all we're doing now is we're just going to start mapping those. We're going to start looking yep. at what words are similar. What words are we noticing between them? What are we seeing with patterns? You know, obviously this is my super shoddy five minute version. If people want like a 36 minute, yep. we have a worksheet and a training at mikeimle.com slash map. That's free. You can get that. But right now what we're doing is we're noticing, okay, we heard possibilities. We heard hope. We immediately see a theme going on around that. Mm -hmm. We heard things about, you know, feeling like happy and excited and entertained. Immediately we're seeing a theme going on around that. We heard things about, you know, feeling um, vulnerable, feeling, um, you know, light, light is an interesting word because it can mean, you know, physically light, but also we've talked so much about being excited and lit up and believing right. in life. So right now, just off of that, if we just pretend for a moment, I'm going to guess, Rick, that so many of the successful moments that you've had in life, you felt really like lighthearted and vulnerable and excited about life and hopeful and possibilities. And I'm sure that you are the type of person who can bring some lighthearted energy to a moment and really make people believe in possibilities or make mm -hmm. people feel really good about things yep. because that's a natural skill set you have. And the dark moments of your life probably felt very heavy and felt very, you know, hard to get out of. And like you were stuck and they weren't very exciting or happy moments. They didn't feel like they had, and it was kind of, I'm seeing almost this dark hole of despair because we heard this mm -hmm. very right. heavy, this very, you know, um, dark energy is very protected energy. When we hear vulnerable, of course, we right. think protected as well. So now here's where this gets really cool. Not only can this predict past moments of your life, but it can start to predict future and Let's pretend that these are your words. And again, this is my shoddy version, but let's pretend these are your words and you're on an interview one day and someone's asking you a question and you don't know the answer necessarily. So someone says, you know, Rick, like, let's say, you know, um, with COVID and things being really you know, difficult right now, what advice do you have to gay men? And you're kind of like, oh, I don't know exactly what to say to that. And you think, okay, all I'm thinking about is possibilities and light 
and happy and excited and vulnerable. Say, well, I don't know. I'm going to be vulnerable with you and tell you, I don't know where the future is going with everything. But what I can tell you is that being happy is a revolutionary act. In a world where people are, you know, um, bringing all this heaviness on you, like being able to be light and happy and being yourself is the most important thing that gay men can be doing right now. Tapping into their vulnerabilities, exposing what's truly them and being able to step into that. That's how they're stepping into possibilities. That's how they're stepping into who they can truly be. Now, I'm sure you could have said that way better than I did. I just made it up, took those few words and threw a few ands and buts in there. But that it can be as simple as that because we, I know now how you see the world. I know mm-hmm. what your unique gifts are. And in knowing that I can start to predict what's going to work for you, what type of a podcast to put you on, what type of TV shows you might go on, how you can literally put those words in your copy, right? Like yeah. I help, you know, gay men um, be vulnerable and access their authenticity so they can lighten up and be happy. I mean, mm-hmm. you could say it better than that, but we literally just put those words there. There's so much that we can do when we start understanding those levers we pull in every moment of success. And, you know, it's really interesting. That's amazing what you just did there, Mike. But it's interesting because <clears throat> the hope, the the light, um, the last question you asked, I, can't, I, I got a couple of those, oh, purposeful. That had nothing to do with a job. That yeah. moment that you asked what was right. the happiest moment of my life had right. to do with the birth of my two kids. Yeah. Because that was the moment when, my, when I started... So I was in the midst of, you know, my oldest daughter was born. It was so amazing that my youngest one was born. And then literally, literally nine months later is when I came out. And that was one of the most powerful times in my life. And it was also one of the times that I was felt my darkest because I'm like this little beautiful energy of a child. She's never going to know mom and dad ever having lived together. Now, everything I just said about hope purposeful is actually how both those girls live because they can see beyond the stereotypes. They can see beyond, Hey, I'm a child of a gay man or two gay men. Um, They can see beyond these things. And for me, that was the thing that was holding me back the most was I'd been told, oh, you can't be gay because you'll never have children. So in some weird fucked up way, I had children, but I couldn't see beyond that until that moment, like, wait. And now I've completely proven the whole, you know, there's lots of us who've proven that wrong. You know, now it's like everybody can have children. You just got to find the right way to get it done. And I think that's why some of these things are, are my drivers. Because when I work with someone and I can see that they don't have any hope or they can't see their purpose or they don't, they can't see themselves being alive or whatever it is. And all these words that I just gave you, it is my drivers. They will always be my drivers because that's the thing. I feel like people like you and I and others that do this amazing work, we take the experience, which kind of brings kind of full circle here. We take the experience of our journey and we manifest it into the thing that most brings us alive. Yeah. I'm sure if I ask you, think back to 10 years ago, Mike, could you have ever seen yourself actually doing what you're sitting here doing right now? If somebody had said, you're going to lead PR and you're going to go do this thing, sure. you probably would have said, no. fuck you. You don't yep, know what. Yep, yep, yep. If somebody had told me in the midst of 1999, as this was all unraveling for me, that I would use my coming out journey to eventually have podcasts, write a book and coach mm-hmm. people on this. 
I'd be like, no, I'm I'm right. vice president of marketing for a software company. That's never going to happen. But when we lean into it in the vulnerability that we do, to me, that's when the magic, the opportunity, all that thing sort of stuff comes alive. You know, it's so important for me. And first of all, I just want to, you know, honor you and, you know, the courage that you have and right now have like that vulnerability is what's creating so much hope for so many people. And I'm sure it's listeners and what, you know, so many of us think that moments of our life are wasted, right? We've, yep. oh, if I did this better, if I didn't have this relationship or I came out sooner or I quit this job, or I Like there's no moment of our lived experience is wasted. Not mm -hmm. one moment of our lived experience. Mm -hmm. And we can, maybe it was in shadow form, quote unquote. Maybe we felt the heaviness instead of the light. That's certainly true. But do I want to hire the person who's only ever been happy to teach me happiness? Or do I want to hire the person who's been in deep, dark shit and powered their way through it? Because that person's the expert on happiness. Right. So every moment of your life has been teaching you and expressing the same things over and over again. And when you can map and know those things, you realize, holy shit, I'm a master of this. I've seen the hell of it. I've seen the yep. deepest, darkest steps and I've seen the highest highs. And this is where, where I feel lit up. I feel compelled to help other people with this because I know it personally. Mm -hmm. That place is what every, if we lived in a world where everyone had access to that, it would be an entirely different right. world. It's so interesting that you brought this up. I think it's a great place for us to kind of like come full circle with this. I coach other speakers on building their speaking business. That's another piece of what I do separate from this. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the last couple of weeks, just, you know, it, you know, this is air in the middle of February, but I can say pretty much since early to mid January, a lot of the clients in that program, they're hitting that space where now they're starting to like reach out and start looking for the gigs. And, you know, the real work is starting. We've done everything else. We got their positioning done. We got their marketing sound lights done. Website is ready. You know, all the, all, all the bits are together. Right. But now we got to do the work. The rubber is meeting the road. <clears throat> and, so many of them are now letting the imposter syndrome enter mm -hmm. into their world. And they say, well, but who am I? And I say, you're the practical application expert for whatever it is you're talking about. I don't care if you don't have a degree. I don't care if you're not a PhD in medical, whatever. You're coming to this because you have some practical application. You've been, one of the gals stands out particularly because she's in the medical world and she's like, I want to see the medical community make a shift where patient care is the focus again. Yeah. Not just getting your surgery done, not just doing this, where taking care of the patient is the focus. But she goes, I'm not, I've been working in the medical arena. Yeah, I'm an administrator, but I, I don't have a PhD in medical, blah, 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 blah. I said, no, but you have the practical application of 20 years being in that arena, watching this whole medical community crumble in the area of service. This is the thing I think most people don't get is you, all of us are an expert in our own arena and we're just being invited to share that expertise in all these different ways. Absolutely. Nobody else is an expert on the lived experience you have, but you. And so exactly. when we realize what that is and when we map that and when we know it and keep putting ourselves in those situations over and over again in a million different ways, I mean, we're being ourselves. And how can we not be the most successful? Because that's the thing we know most. Absolutely. 
Mike, I've loved this conversation, man. I know you and I could like sit and do this all day long. But um, (laughs) so if somebody wanted to take advantage of you, like that free stuff you have, where's the best place for them to go? Yep. So mikeiamelli.com slash map, M-A-P. Just go over there. You can sign up. It's 36 minutes to do the training we did today, a little bit more elaborately with a worksheet. So you can start to map your sensitivities. Um, or you can try to pull me out of my shell on Instagram. I'm not a big social media person, but come find me and see if you can get me out. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool, man. Well, thanks so much for giving us your time for adding something. I know now as a coach, when I'm thinking about doing something with somebody, I think I'm going to be like, Hey, I want you to go to my buddy Mike's site and go do this thing because I think it's going to help us too. Um, but thanks for being open, vulnerable, truly sharing yourself, sharing your story and helping us all realize there's so many ways to dump our excuses, face our fears and go out there and live our life in closeted. So thanks again, buddy. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.